Hey there, and welcome to the 680 News Podcast. I'm your host, John Mace. On this weekly program, we have a chance to take a closer look at some of the week's biggest stories, as well as the ongoing issues in and around the City of Toronto. Thanks for joining us this week, and happy Canada Day! We have a shortened yet exceptionally informative program for you this week. We're talking about boating on Toronto Harbour. Yes, the high seas offer fun for everyone, but here in Toronto, it's a little more complicated than just pushing off the dock. Toronto police will be out in full force this weekend, making sure you're playing by the rules. So as a preview, I wanted to know a little bit about boating in our busy harbour and what exactly the Marine Unit does out there. Joining me is the Community Service Officer with the Toronto Police Marine Unit, Richard Baker. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me, Richard. Obviously, we want to talk about safety and boating in Toronto Harbour, but first I got to ask, you guys must have a little bit of fun out there. I always gawk at your inflatable boats. They're pretty cool. Oh, the rigid hull inflatables, yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've uh, come to be one of the, the most common boats used by police uh, services around the world, actually. Rigid hull inflatables are just an excellent working boat, and they, they do little damage when we have to come alongside other vessels and that. So it's, it's, it's actually for the protection of us, but also the, you know, the people that we're stopping. So before we talk about uh, boating in Toronto Harbour, can you explain just sort of the, the job of the Marine Unit? Like, what's your jurisdiction? What are your boundaries out there? Because... There's, there's actually, a lot of lake the, the out there. The Marine Unit covers 460 square miles of Lake Ontario, so we, uh, we run right from the borders of uh, Etobicoke and Mississauga right out to the Rouge River in Durham uh, and right out to the U.S. border. So 28 linear miles of the U.S. border sort of falls within our jurisdiction. And also, I spoke to a few nice officers in Rogers Centre, right? You guys uh, cover the Blue Jays games too, is that correct? Yeah, we do sometimes. Yeah, we have. Uh, well, obviously, those are pay-duty officers. The you know the officers still from the Marine unit. We do. We're a support unit within Toronto Police, but we also do uh, regular police duties from time to time in pay-duty capacity or overtime callbacks, that type of thing. Okay, great. So before we talk about specific Toronto features, in case someone doesn't know, drinking and boating is generally frowned upon, right? Exactly. It's uh, we, we, drinking and boating is very, very serious, and actually, it's it's more dangerous. And a lot of the public don't realize how dangerous drinking and boating is because the effects of alcohol are actually greater on water than they are on land because you're already on an unstable platform being on the water. So when you're intoxicated, the effects are they say 25 times greater on water than on land. So. Hmm. Even one or two drinks can really throw somebody's equilibrium and, and their whole perception of things out of whack, which is obviously a real concern. So we tend to try to tell people to leave the cocktailing for the cottages, you know, when you're back on the boat, when you're done for the day and you're, you know, you're safe and be safe out there because, like I said, it's, it's pretty severe. So no booze on board. What other items do we need to have on board if we're boating around Ontario? Depends on the size of boat you're using. Best way to have a knowledge base of what you need is take a course. Generally, obviously, you need a life jacket. Life jacket, very, very important. That's number one. Every, it's not a law to wear your life jacket, although we promote life jacket wearing at all time and because of the, the water that we're dealing with. But you also need other equipment, buoyant heaving lines, um, which, you know, if there's a rescue or you need to throw a line to somebody that's in the water, you have that rescue equipment. There are flares on certain types of vessels, peeless whistles, which is a sound signaling device, watertight flashlights if you're operating at night, those types of things. So it's, uh, it's quite a broad list, but every boat is different depending on the size. Okay, so Richard, I mentioned I sail in the key right next to you. I teach sailing out of there. Yep. So you and I know just as well as anybody, it's a very busy place, Toronto Harbour. Yep. Um, so there are a few specific uh, regulations into boating, and there's uh, many people might not know, if, especially if you're just launching a boat for the first time, there's a speed limit in the harbour, isn't there? 
There is, yeah. We, well, generally, you know what, uh, under the VORS, which is the Vessel Operator Restriction Regulations, there is a, a standard universal uh, speed limit of 90 meters from shore, uh, 10 kilometers. So there is, you know, again, that protects against wake and damaging other vessels and stuff. It's all about respect and responsibility of, of boat operators. But there is a speed limit um, in the harbor. There's also speed limits uh, that are listed in those wars, like I said, on either end, the eastern and western point of Toronto. Mm. And that's 150 metres from shore, and that's uh, 9 kilometres. So there is, again, when you're boating, you have to be aware that when you're close to shore that your speeds need to be very, very slow. You need to have, again, um, check your wake, make sure that you're not damaging anything. And that also protects the environment. And that's one thing that we never really talk about is there's a lot of um, creatures um, that use the waterways as well as us, birds that nest, and your weight could be damaging their nests and, and killing, you know, killing this, this wildlife. Right. You never found the capybaras, did you? No, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, so also here in Toronto, we're very lucky to have a city airport, you know, right at the bottom of Bathurst, so you can hop on a plane. Uh, yep. But that poses a bit of an issue, not quite an issue for uh, boaters out there, but there are some restrictions around that. Can you sort of explain what's known as the marine exclusion zone? Yeah, there's uh, there's markers, white markers. Uh, they're identified by white you know, white markers with a flashing lights on top of them, and they're uh, they're um, systematically set up in a box in a square, uh, kind of a rectangle pattern, on both the eastern and western side of Billy Bishop Airport. Uh, that is a marine exclusion zone. It's actually covered under the Aeronautical Act, so it's not so much as a marine exclusion as it more as an aeronautical. It's for airport security as well. So it's mm. similar to. Uh, a fenced-in area, and it's there to protect um, vessels from being, again, too, because the planes, as they're landing, are coming in very low. Um, so any vessel with a higher mast might, in you know... Lose some of that mast, I guess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it could be very, very dangerous situation. So those areas there are, it's, it's for several reasons. Again, it's for the safety, but it's also for the security of the airport, because as we know, we live in a time now that, you know, airport security is a very big deal, and um, that's, they're, they're there specifically to keep people out. Okay. So, Richard, often I assume you're working when you're on the water, but do you ever get any leisure time on Toronto Harbour? Is there anything that you like to do or recommend new boaters to check out while they're on the water? You know what, Toronto Harbour, it's so vast. I mean, as far as leisure goes, um, there's so many wonderful things. And you know what, you see so many people enjoying the Toronto Harbour in different ways. You have stand-up paddleboard community, you have the kayakers, canoeists, you have the sailboat, um, sailboat community, and you also have the, you know, the, the motorized vessels that are out there, you know, and fishing and fishing charters. So whatever really suits you or whatever interests you, uh, there's definitely a lot of things to do in the Toronto Harbour. It's a very vast community, a little different than what we see up in cottage country because, again, just the size of the lake and you see different size class vessels. We have commercial boats that come in, the large freighters. Right. You know, the, the cruise boats, actually, we have a cruise boat in the harbor now. It's one of our inland cruises that's uh, out there, um, and they're sitting over at the, you know, the International Port uh, Terminal. Mm. So the big thing is to realize that people out there, when you're out there, the ferries, and that, it's just to, to respect one another, respect the boats, pay attention, use the rules of the, the road, so to speak, pay attention, don't get in each other's way, and just, you know what, if you see a bigger boat, obviously bigger boats sometimes have a harder time maneuvering. That's maybe the someone's... The smaller vessels just stay clear of those larger vessels. Uh, that's the big thing that we we like to remind people is that you know what the ferries and those they, they can't turn on a dime. Um, and when they see some of these small kayakers and canoeists and stand-up paddleboards getting in their way, that 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 could be potential for a dangerous situation. 
That's great. That's good advice. Uh, I think that just about does it for me, Richard, unless there's any other messages you want to get to our listeners. Just one thing I'd like to remind people is that we've had a couple of incidents this year about the weather and just have a plan and to remind people that when you're going out on the water, it may be beautiful and sunny, but Lake Ontario can turn very quickly, as we've seen in mm-hmm. a couple of you know, the past uh, few weekends with the weather. If there's a front coming in, pay attention, check your marine forecasts, um, check your weather reports. Make sure you know if there's a storm coming in that uh, maybe you have, you know, you alter your plan slightly to stay closer to shore or, you know, have a backup plan and certainly let somebody know where you're going and what you're doing. Um, like, again, we don't want situations to turn tragic and any information that we can get um, from the families and that are, you know, when we're investigating some of these incidents, it's better for us. So, and the big deal too is cold water. It's still very cold in the water. So, Wear your exposure suits, have your, you know, your gear on board, and, and wear a life jacket if you can, because if you go into the water, there's a good chance that we can maybe get out to save you and uh, it, you know, help you if, you if you get into trouble. Okay, great advice. Thanks so much, Richard. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you out on the water. Okay, thanks. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks a lot to you for listening. We'll have a full-length program for you next week. A reminder that we'd like your feedback for future programs. You can send your comments or story ideas to at John Mace 680 News on Twitter, or you can reach the listener line at 416-872-6800. Your recorded comments could make it on to future episodes. I'm John Mace, and thanks for listening. <laughs>